Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to uh, Thursday. You're here, and you're with us, and you are reading the Bible. Happy birthday, you. Happy whoever. Someone's birthday is today. But not that we know. Not that we know, but I'm sure somebody's birthday is today. So if you're listening and it's your birthday, this is for you. You are blessed. Indeed. By our greeting with happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, you are. Or something like that. Hey, did you know that on this day in 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was released? released? No, man, but I can't watch that anymore. Because? Disney told me not to. Oh, because it's not woke enough? Not, not, well, yeah, man. It's a, it's a weird movie. It is a weird movie. Is it because it says dwarves? Uh, well, that's part of it, I think. You're not supposed to refer to them that way anymore. <laughs> little people. S- Snow White and the Seven Little People, though, doesn't have the same <laughs> it ring to it. doesn't ring the same way. I know. No. I know, but Disney says you can't do that anymore, so let you know. I think they're remaking it, too, which is not going to go well. <laughs> I heard. Oh, wow. I'm, uh, I'm just choked up by that. You are, apparently. Yeah, there, there's a, there's, they remade, what they were, Little Mermaid? And they, yeah. People weren't happy about that. I don't know if any of the remakes, even if they were the ones that were rather innocuous, were, were any good. I mean, Aladdin was okay, but I felt like the, the original one was great. The Lion King was, I don't know, mediocre. Right. I, I just, it was weird, the, the, the realistic uh, animal features, and yet they had faces, and they were making weird, I don't know, man. I feel like Disney's lost their way, and that's not saying a whole lot today. No, <laughs> Everybody knows that. I think that's pretty confident, yeah, to be able to make that assertion. Apparently, they're making a live action Moana. I'm like, how are you going to... How are you going to deal with the, the volcano, the angry volcano? And hey, well, CGI goes a long way today. It does. But not AI does not go long enough to be able to guess the number of candies in a jar. Did Mark <laughs> tell you he tried to do that? No. Yeah. I didn't know that. He tried to use his, he tried his to cheat. AI to count the number, and it came up with the number 26,000 some odd candies in this jar. Yikes. The answer that was wasn't like, right? No, the answer was like 235. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wasn't correct. So, not yet. Give it a couple days, maybe even a couple hours. Maybe, yeah. Yikes. Hey, let's uh, flip over to Micah chapter six and seven. We finished Micah today. We know a Micah. There's Micah in California. Yeah, there is a Micah in yeah. California. Good friend of uh, Josh and Jacobs. Oh, yes. Yes, Micah Holly. That's right. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so there you go, Micah. You uh, came across our mind as worth reading the, bu- the book of Micah, the book that bears your name or you, its name. Does Micah listen to the podcast? Who is like the Lord? I don't know. But you wished happy birthday to anyone who has a birthday today. So I can yes. greet Micah just okay. on the off chance that. I mean, maybe he does. I'm not, I'm not what suggesting What if it was Micah's birthday as he's listening to this? That would be super prophetically impressive. The confluence of events We would be a would continuation be. of church. Yikes. We're not that. So I don't think it is. But we would be if, if that <laughs> happened. So Micah, if you're listening and it's your birthday, we want to know. Let us know. Podcasts at compassntx.org. Hey, uh, we are in Micah chapter six and seven. So what's going on as the book concludes? Well, as the book concludes, as has been kind of the case throughout the book, there is another pattern of here's what's bad and here's what's good. Uh, And so you're going to get an indictment, a judgment pronounced in a portion of it. And then you're going to get this this, uh, future looking promise of what God's going to do in the future in, in, uh, in chapter seven. So Uh, But it does open up with this courtroom scene in chapter six, where God is bringing charges against his people. And the prophet begins to speak on behalf of God in verse six, says, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? And then he has one of probably, I think safely, the most famous 
verse in the book of Micah is Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Uh, That is uh, the paradigm that Micah is providing there. Now, uh, does that mean do justice in the sense that the world has been talking about justice recently, PR? Yes. Nope. Yes. You should pursue social justice immediately. Renounce your white privilege, Pastor PJ. This is now my podcast. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) No. In fact, to to the contrary, I think this is such a... This is so obvious and so self-evident that the fact that Micah has to say, hey, guys, just do the right thing, please, right. shows the uh, spiritual decline that these guys were in. The fact that he has to say, hey, do the right thing. Don't, don't do unjust things. Don't oppress. Don't, don't steal. Don't, uh, don't do things that are wrong. Do the right thing. For right. crying out loud, I feel like Micah's saying. Right, right, and and they hadn't been, and that's where he goes in, in verses nine and following. That here's the the charges that are laid out, and, and what they've been doing, and they've been doing all of these wrong and perverse things. Uh, rich men, verse twelve, full of violence, they speak lies, um, and so the, the, the culmination there in verse sixteen, you've kept the statues of of Omri and the works of the house of Ahab. These are two of the most wicked kings of the northern kingdom, Israelite kings, and he says there's so that I might make a desolation of you, your inhabitants, a hissing. So that you shall bear the scorn of my people. And so God is is laying it out here through the prophet Micah saying, this is what you have done wrong. Again, the, we just came off of chapters four and five just uh, yesterday in yesterday's reading about all about the millennial kingdom in the future and how great it's going to be. And yet, you remember, and Pastor Rod mentioned it, it's like it slips it in there without us noticing. But first, you're going to go to exile in Babylon. This is why. Because of the indictment, because of the charges, because of what they had done wrong th- to this point. So that's a reminder to us. That just because our future is secure, even as believers, right? Just because our future is secure, we need to battle and fight sin because we don't want to have sin in the camp uh, like the nation of Israel did. Yes, their future was going to be secure, but but God was going to bring judgment in the meantime. And he was going to purge his people of the sin. There couldn't be sin anymore in his uh, in and amongst his people uh, because he wanted it out because of their disobedience. They were going to suffer for that. I want to point your attention to two more hears, H-E-A-R, chapter 6 here. You got chapter 6, verse 2, hear you mountains, the indictment of the Lord. And then you have in chapter 6, verse 9, the bottom of verse 9, hear of the rod and of him who appointed it. So you see, again, the theme that Micah tries to bring to the fore of hear. So the repetition, again, is meant to show you thematically what the book's about, but also to help you feel the urgency and the pleading that God, through Micah, is giving to his people. I feel like that's the name of your podcast in the future. Hear the rod. Hear the rod. Hear the rod. Yes. There it is. I, I, I'm, I feel good about that. <laughs> Chapter seven, some of the indictment continues. Woe is me for I've become as when summer fruit has been gathered. The godly verse two has perished from the earth. There's no one upright amongst mankind. But the prophet says in verse seven, as for me, I'm going to look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. And then as the, the chapter continues, we get a focus back again on the future millennial kingdom. Verse 11, a day for the building of your walls, the day the boundary shall be far extended. Uh, the peoples will come, the nations will come to God. And they will say in verse 18, who is a God like you pardoning iniquity? I love this. Who's a God like you pardoning iniquity? passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance does not retain his anger forever. Thank the Lord for that because he delights in his steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us and he will again tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast off our sins into the depths of the sea. What a great promise uh, the book ends on there as it ends on this high note, looking forward to the forgiveness of God. Yeah, and don't miss the fact that Micah is using a play on words, play on his name, Micah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever a name ends in A-H, you know that usually it's a derivative of Yahweh, and this is no different. 
Micah means who is like Yahweh. And so he says in verse 18, who is a God like you? So uh, cool, cool. It doesn't really necessarily change anything about how you read it, but just interesting to know that his name is Micah, and he draws on that in the closing verses of his book. Indeed. Well, let's go to Revelation chapter 12. I know you've been dying to get there. We're going backward. Thanks for your... Oh, no. No, we are chapter 12. <laughs> Thanks for your so, patience. I'm going Pastor back. Rod has outread all of us in the uh, book of Revelation. I've read the Bible so, 13 times today. Today. Just today. It's been amazing. In fact, I, he was on number 14 when I interrupted him to come and record. I was praying, man, and I was fasting, and there was a tongue of fire in my head. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Micah just texted me. Micah Hawley just said, yeah, he's listening. Did he? And uh, yeah. I don't think he did. <laughs> I think this is lies. <laughs> God doesn't like lies. Okay. Hey, uh, Revelation chapter 12, we get this vision, this sign um, that appears in heaven, and it's a, a woman and the dragon. And now there's there's questions. Okay, so who is the woman and who is the dragon? Well, the dragon is pretty self-evident. There, there's pretty much universal agreement amongst uh, commentators and uh, in different theologians on who the dragon is, and that is, well, Satan. You, you probably don't have to work very hard to come up with that one. He is the, the great adversary. He's the great enemy. He's the one with the seven horns or the seven heads, which could be a reference to the seven great kingdoms in the past. Uh, in the 10 horns, which are future yet, you remember from Daniel's vision, even those 10 kings that would arise in there, all of that is wrapped up here in some of this eschatological language, this apocalyptic language, but who is the woman? And there's two primary views out there. And the first view would say that the woman is the church and that this is Satan persecuting and pursuing the church and uh, going after the church. And that is the view that is held by uh, our amillennial brothers and sisters in Christ. And and I want to emphasize that part. They are fellow believers. This is not a matter of first tier importance. This is more of a secondary issue, but we would disagree here. We would say no, because of our dispensational position, we do believe that this is not a reference to the church because why? Well, the church is not going to be on the scene in, uh, in Revelation chapter 12. And so for this to depict the woman as the church would not line up with the rest of the eschatological time frame because the church has been raptured at this point in the, uh, the unfolding of the events. So who is the woman? Well, the woman represents Israel. She is the woman with uh, the, the sun, uh, clothed with the sun. It's a reference to dignity and honor. The moon, there's some de- debate on that, but it's potential that that had to do with a, a covenant because the covenants were represented by the new moon at times. And so it's possibly a reference to the covenant, but certainly the crown of 12 stars, the number 12 being significant for the 12 tribes of Israel. So this is Israel. The woman is in labor. She gives birth to a son. The, the, the dragon wants to destroy the son. The son, you might be able to conclude at this point, is Jesus. This is the child. This is Jesus. And, and he's the one that's going to rule the nations with a rod of iron, verse 5. That goes back to Psalm chapter 2, uh, where he is given the nations and he is going to dash them in pieces with a rod in judgment. This is forward-looking to his ultimate role as judge. But he first comes as this child. Satan wants to destroy the child. Think of even Herod trying to kill all of the, the uh, Israelite children during that time. And yet God preserved his son. And eventually caught him up to his throne. That's the ascension that we see of Jesus, where Jesus is back up in heaven with the Lord. Then she, this woman, is uh, is pursued. She's she's fleeing into the wilderness. So now we're in the second half of the tribulation again. The the enemy, Satan, the dragon, is going after Israel, persecuting Israel again. The back half, three and a half years of the the tribulation here, things are unfolding. The 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 war, the spiritual warfare is going on like crazy now in heaven. Satan is thrown down to earth. You might be thinking, well, why is Satan in heaven? Well, remember. 
Satan how to access the book of Job. Satan shows up. God says, where have you been? We get other instances, Psalm 82, uh, where the, this concept of the counsel of the gods, so to speak, where um, they, they appear there. Well, Satan is cut off at this point and all of his, his demons with him. And, uh, and he's upset about that. And so he goes after Israel. He tries to persecute the Jewish people. That's going to be the last second, the second half of the three and a half years of tribulation this is going to be a time of, of just intense persecution against Israel and uh, people are going to die. There's going to be all kinds of martyrs during this time, but then God is also going to preserve for himself that remnant during this season. Uh, the woman is divinely protected. Even here in, in revelation 12, we see that as it's uh, it says in verse 14, the woman was given the two wings of a great Eagle. So she might fly from the serpent, from the dragon into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for this period of time. So, I know it's a lot. I know there's probably a lot of confusion there, but but basically this is a, a visual depiction of the persecution that's going to take place from Satan against Israel during the, the latter part of the tribulation period. So you mentioned that the church is off, off the scene now, and I, I, obviously I agree with you on that. Um, is the church anywhere at this point in the tribulation? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the church is with God. The church is in the heavenly places. Let me clarify. Sorry. Yeah. So the church is with Christ <laughs> okay. in, in the heavens. Um, on earth, though, I mean, are, are pe- I mean, so people find your sermons online and, and they're they're listening to them during the tribulation. They're coming to faith in Christ. They would be part of the church, right? And are they there? Do they have a role? Yeah. And I think we see that in verse 17. Look at, at verse 17 of Revelation 12. It says the dragon became furious because he's not able to get Israel. God is preserving true Israel during this season. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring and those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. So I think that's the the tribulation church right there. The, the followers of God, those that are claiming Christ, those that have repented from their sins and put their trust in Jesus during the tribulation period. And Satan's going to go after them. And, and we do know that there are going to be tribulation saints, tribulation martyrs that die because of their, their trust in Jesus during this period. That's helpful, yeah. And, and I guess to, to the, the point here is that the church is not the major player right now. Israel is being, bra- being brought back onto the scene as the one to whom the, the covenants are, are, are given to, and, and God is fulfilling his word with them. He is doing all that he promised to do. So the church is still there. She's just not the primary player at this point in time. Right, right. Yep. Hey, guess what we get to talk about tomorrow? Two beasts. Two beasts. Two beasts. Yep. I see it right there in to, chapter 13. To beast or not to beast? Mm, that is uh, the question. Yep. But tomorrow you'll have answers. So tune sure in tomorrow so. as uh, we hit that and Nahum. Nahum. Let's do it. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. (laughs) 